Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. of other Rams fans. Hope everybody's doing well. Mid-May. Draft's over. UDFA period's over. Rookie minicamp's over. Off-season is not over. Your boy 3K. Here with Seattle Rams. Robbo, did you unmute? Take your phone off mute, man. This is like corporate meetings. Robbo, you know what? You're off the meeting, bud. I'll start by myself. That's fine. We can do this. Okay, everybody. About to be joined by Seattle Rams, Rob and Joey Coin. It's going to join again uh, when we get everybody in here. Until then, it's you and me. Welcome. Let's have a fun time. Uh, it's the 2018 Los Angeles Rams offseason. Uh, a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to go through undrafted free agents. We're going to go through the depth chart, look at some statistical projections, um, some other things. we got a couple people. Let me make sure I got everybody. We got it. Yeah, we got it. You're on mute. This is a meeting. Do you know how to hold meetings? Come on, man. (laughs) I'm sitting here talking, and nothing's coming through. Nothing's coming through. Well, that makes you Brandon Bates. We don't have Brandon Bates. I know. We also have Joey O'Coin. Joey, you on? What's going on, jerks? Oh, look at us. (laughs) We figured it out. Look at these three impresarios of modern technology. We should definitely be handed the keys to the castle. (laughs) <laughs> What's going on, Big Joey? Oh, uh, you know, I um just hanging out in California. Yeah. How's it do? Uh how's um, What does that what does that mean? What does hanging out in California mean? What have you accomplished today, Joey? Well, uh I I actually had a pitch that I just got back from of a good Disney go? channel. So how'd it go? Uh, it actually went really good. It was good. it was awesome. I uh walked in with my Starbucks, which is the California thing to do. And um so, yeah, it seemed like it was really great. So, actually, I uh, just got home and had dinner with the uh, with the little family. And uh, now I'm having my pregnant wife take care of the uh, the bedtime routine for the three-year-old, you know, that whole charade. Yeah. But, well, good luck uh, on the know, show. Keep us surprised. Rams talk. Well, hold on. There's, you just you just mentioned the Disney Channel. You opened a, you opened a world of hurt. We got Henry Danger to talk about. We got... Oh man, there's so much we could go over, but I guess I guess well, Robo and, and, the... and, and Robo did mention uh, my favorite movie, uh, Paddington Two. Um, but it's don't knock <laughs> until you watch it. It's true. Oh, this is, this is no longer a Rams football guy. show. This is a Paddington Two podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, for three hours straight. So buckle in, Rams fans. <laughs> The difference is, is you gentlemen have young children, and for you have to watch those movies. Uh, I'm an old drinking bastard who's raised his kids. 
Yeah. No longer to watch those movies. I'm I wish I watched it with my kid, but it was like date night with my wife. That's a weird idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. is that I, I will use that excuse. Oh, no, I had to watch Coco. I was only crying because my daughter was there. That's the reason why. It's not, it's not and my she was And she was eating pickled onions at the time. Uh, pickled onions. I had some tonight. Love the, those Yucatan onions. Um, um, let's do it. Let's transition to Rams talk, man. Um, where to start? Let's start with the UDFAs. Um, is there anything people like more than undrafted free agent talk? I'll let you guys decide because sadly, and I think I mentioned this to both of you guys, I'm a degenerate. I know way too much about the Rams undrafted free agents than I should. But you guys are normal humans who maybe don't have a ton of information here. Where's the right place to start with the Rams undrafted free agent crowd? Well, we can start with the, with the two or three that I, I know or the, the three okay. or four that I read about on Twitter because everyone loves it. You said everyone loves it. A UDFA. They're the, uh, they're do. like the, they're the backup quarterback of, of, of every NFL team at this point of the year. We just love them. They're going to come in. They're going to be, all, you know, they'll be the next uh, um, London Fletcher. So, you know, at this point, I think, uh, how do you say his name? Tigray Scales. I think Tigray Scales. Uh, yeah. Tigray yeah. Scales. He's, he's right. According to Twitter and the internet, he is on par with his Hall of Fame career right now. He's a baller. He's ready to go. Well, that's a fantastic football name. I mean, it's good. Like, I really am rooting for that guy because Tigray, Tigray, or let's, how do I pronounce it? It's Tigray. Every but time I come on this podcast, what, I'm always. It's whatever you want. See, that's names. the great thing about podcasts in the NFL is however you pronounce his name, that's what it becomes, man. I I think we should go for Tigray. Tigray? Um, I guess, right? Tigray Scales? Um, uh, it just, he game. sounds like a beast. He sounds like he's ready to just tear it up. The Rams are going to have – if he makes the team, the Rams will have the best – names among of like linebacker crew in the NFL with yeah, really Obanaya Okoronkwo and uh, yeah. Ramik Wilson and Tigray Scales, uh, Micah Cal- and of course Micah, Matt, come on. Matt Longacre, Matty Longacre, uh, Morgan Standup Fox. I mean, they're gonna have the best <laughs> name linebacker crew across the NFL without a doubt. Now here's a well, question: Just as far as undrafted free agents, I want to ask you guys. Last season. How many guys that were the Rams really sort of counting on that were undrafted free agents? How many can you name? Oh, how many? See, I'm I'm lost in the sauce because I post about them too damn much to remember who the hell's who from what year. I'm I'm almost in this like uh, this weird time warp where if I mention a guy, you're like Joe, he hasn't been on the Rams since 2003, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> where does the tie go? Who was the, who was UDFA's from last year? I, don't, I guess last Corey year. Littleton. Well, that was 2016, well, no, right? And it, it doesn't nope. have to be it doesn't have to be a rookie, but just a guy right. like. Um, what, was was Corey Littleton drafted or was he an undrafted free? He was undrafted, well, but that was 2016. The best of the best, but, but still, just the fact that you know he needed a couple of years to to, to get yeah. going. But I think I think that counts. Is is that you know some of these guys that just got got signed. Maybe sure. they won't make a difference next season, but you know when we finally get into that season in 2020, right. they could yeah. be starters. Well, you know, that's, no, that's absolutely right. That's really interesting because just the McVay effect. Um, in years past, the Rams actually did count on UDFAs to contribute. Sure, to Fisher, right? They yeah. were they were leading the league and UDFAs guys on their roster every year. I was like, oh, you know, they keep three or four, and you know, if you look at the roster, they had seven or eight or nine. And now, 
roster doesn't have a lot of room for these UDFAs. Uh, you know, it's, it's still kind of interesting that press out there is that the, you know, the Rams are still a UDFA destination, whereas I'm not really sure that they are because right now you're fighting for the squads spots right. with drafted guys. Whereas in the past, uh, you know, you had a legit shot to make the Rams as a UDFA. So that, that narrative is changing a bit. I think, I think what you're saying, Rob, is you're making a call for Spruce, Nelson Spruce, right? <laughs> I am, as a, yeah. as a San Diego Charger, though. Yeah, San Diego oh, Charger, well done. Nope. Well done, we're keeping it. It sticks. It stays. What, what, about, um, what about Larry Rose? Have you guys watched him play at New Mexico I have. State? So my wife went to New Mexico State, so I know the Aggies far too well. Now, here's the thing. Watching this last season in New Mexico State football wasn't that bad. Watching the last 52 years, which thankfully I have not been on this earth to experience, not very good. Ended the longest bowl streak in the country, and it was pretty cool for those guys. Uh, But uh, football in Las Cruces has not been a great thing. But uh, Larry Rose helped change that. incredible talent. I mean, certainly when you talk about guys that shouldn't have been there, he's one of them. The The question I have about him is, uh, you know, where is he going to fit on this running back depth chart? This is something we mentioned in the Slack chat today. The, the depth chart for running backs is really interesting right now. Obviously, Todd Gurley's got a lock on the starting job, probably 80, 90% of the snaps we'll have to see. You know, you got a rookie in John Kelly who being drafted probably has a leg in on the backup spot. Malcolm Brown, Justin Davis coming off of last year, probably get in there. Larry Rose and Nick Holly. I don't know. What do you guys feel about uh, the, the running back depth chart right now? You know, well, they keep what they keep last year. They kept uh, Davis. They kept Brown. They kept Gurley. Did they and Dunbar at the end. And well, Dunbar, they kept well, Dunbar at the end when he came off. But they, they pretty much broke camp with three, right? Right. So does that mean that there might not even be a spot available? If there is, uh, Justin Davis better be looking over his shoulder, and he damn well better hold on to the football this summer because sure. it's in competition. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a lot of spots out there for those guys, so they better show up in special teams. That's what these guys are going to have to make their mark, right, during the summer. Right. All these guys are going to have to show up on special teams, or there's not there's no reason to keep them. Yeah, what do you think, Joy? The guy I really like from last year is, uh, is Justin Davis because, you know, being mm. who watched a lot of USC games and – I didn't feel like he had a fumble problem in, at USC, and I, and I wonder if that was like a nerves issue, just the transition to getting into the league. But I still have faith that he could be a really good third down, or just a, um, just another another look if if uh, you know Gurley needs to to sit out for a spell. I just think he, I mean, in the preseason last year, that guy was silky smooth. He was really fun to watch. Sure. And I would feel I would feel a little bit like we maybe. I'll let him get away if he gets cut, but I kind of see that that might happen. You know, he seems like one of the guys, him and, and possibly Larry Rose, that might not make the team. But do you guys know why why Larry Rose got uh, cut from the Titans? I have no uh, idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. He walked, in, he walked into the building, they had practice, and they said, oh, my God, you're Tavon Austin. You need to go. And they cut. <laughs> oh, rude. rude. <laughs> you look just like Tavon. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't know. I, would I have get, no idea. I mean, it was a quick, I'd guess it was a the, quick hook. Yeah, I'd guess the main reason why is they already had Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, and when they added Akram Wadley from Iowa and Daylon Dotkins, another rookie, I would guess that Rose was just at the back. of. I mean, there's only so many rookie running backs that you even need to have in the building. They already had two, and Rose as a third was probably a little bit extraneous. Uh, it, we'll see. I mean, now he's the third for us, right? Um, 
we'll have to see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. What, what I find interesting about uh, Rose is, you know who he reminds me of, Robbo? I don't know if you remember him, Joey, we, uh, from the St. Louis days. Daryl Richardson, man. He, he, he reminds oh. me of, from, mm. from his game, and obviously coming from a smaller school, smaller program, he reminds me a lot of Daryl Richardson. And that was a guy who, much like Justin Davis, made a career out of being a one-cut-and-go guy. That's not what Malcolm Brown is. That's not what Todd Gurley is. That's not what John Kelly is. It, it, it kind of becomes, to me, a Larry Rose versus Justin Davis thing. And you mentioned the fumble problem. The thing about fumbles is, it can obviously, you know, you talk about Tavon Austin or other guys that struggle with it game to game. That can be a prolonged issue. But for a lot of guys, fumbles is just one of those anomalies. Look at the playoff game with Farrell Cooper. Farrell Cooper had the job for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Didn't have a fumble issue. You get to the playoff game, it just so happens that's the way the game works out. I wouldn't be surprised if we talk about Justin Davis, if that was just a, you know, a one-time issue last preseason, he comes out looking like the guy that kind of needs to back up John Kelly and Todd Gurley. No, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all either. It's, it's going to be from that aspect of, of the Rams roster. It's going to be fun to watch to see how this, you know, these three or four or five spots shake out. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's going to be a few of those battles. Linebacker, they, you know, they've got some spots to be earned there because those guys transition immediately into special teams as well. So it, those camp battles are going to be fun to watch this year, whereas in the past it's like, you know, it's, but now you, you've got guys legit fighting for, you know, two or three or four roster spots or, and then practice squad spots. So I'm forward to it. You know, you know, speaking of uh, fun to watch, um, Robbo, you might have Paddington to too. this. Paddington 2 <laughs> is fun to watch. Now on Blu-ray and DVD. No, I wanted to know, is, is Behind the Grind going to be covering uh, training camp like they have been in the offseason? Like, will, will we be able to almost watch these position battles play out almost real time, or are they going to stop that? Are you thinking the Maybe. Rams are going to produce their own version of uh, Hard Knocks during the summer? Yes. Is, yes. That's, uh, is it, I'd, I'm going to guess that that's just a filler for the offseason for these guys. Uh, they might have bigger fish to fry once the, they start getting ready, but yeah. I like it. I think it would be cool. I just I, I would feel kind of, uh, what's the right word, some self-loathing. Like re- anytime you rise, you immediately grind, right? You rise and grind. And I feel like when shouldn't we go behind the grind? When shouldn't the grind – be gotten behind and I feel like the answer is never we should never stop going behind the grind like I get the idea that the Rams you know production crew has you know things to do with their lives that maybe are more important than catching up with guys rehabbing and doing these kind of b-roll things but I always want to go behind the grind I maybe maybe we need to make this permanent I want to go behind the grind even in December and November and January I think you almost Dr. Seussed yourself, and I really like it. <laughs> the grind. I'm into it. Go behind. Don't <laughs> lose your mind. We're one of a kind. Come on, man. Uh, I would love that. I mean, I just I want to see just, you know, any access just to see, like, how these guys are practicing, you know. Um, yeah. But we can always rely on uh, Rams insider, uh, Miles Simmons. So. Miles. Miles does a great job. I love Miles. And, um, and, I love, and new oh, Rams reporter, Sorry, Serena. Bro. Right, I saw yeah, she shout out to Serena. Indeed, interesting to see what she does. I, I, I just it's one of those things where the Rams have been at the forefront of this for a while. I hope they continue to be because whether it's all or nothing or hard knocks or behind the grind or whatever, I already forgot what the Arizona Cardinals are calling their show from the off season. 
fans want more of this. We deserve more of this. It's a great sport. We love it. And just because it's the off season doesn't mean that we turn our attentions off. And this is uh, when you're doing a podcast in May, that's kind of obvious. On to the defense. Um, the focal point, obviously, has been the linebacker group. But one of the things we mentioned today in the Slack chat was the depth in the secondary, especially at safety. The, the, the linebacker group o- opens the door for guys to maybe get more snaps and get in the rotation on defense. But there's probably, if we're being honest, there's probably a chance that we keep more of these rookie guys at safety on the roster for special teams, for the practice squad, things like that. Where, where do you guys lean in your interest, maybe even a, a, the defensive line when you got Sebastian Joseph, Justin Lawler, and a bunch of these undrafted free agents that we brought in? Where are you guys looking at the rookies on the defensive uh, side of the ball? You want to go, Joe? Joey? Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like it's a, it's a lot of, of unknowns. And, sure. you know, I, I really want to I really want to watch them in, um, in, you know, training camp, get down to Irvine yeah. and kind of see how they play. But I, I think I think you're saying – you mentioned Justin Lala, right? Does, I did. Does he, I'd ask him you, sure. Like, he, he seems like he has – I mean, he has a chance to be one of the guys that – definitely is going to make the team and I mean it, it, it seems like he has he has a good shot to at least be you know positioned as as a backup at safety and you know hopefully hopefully that kind of works out because the you know you mentioned linebacker and that's more of a problem where it's easy to say oh there's not big sure. names where we have the big names on safety it's more just like if one of those guys gets hurt you know then it becomes the who are these guys again um so I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've, I've seen Lala play, and I, and, I, and I like his game, so I have high hopes for him. What, what, what do you guys think? Well, well one of my favorite like, – before you go, Robo, one of my favorite things that I love seeing, and this is just at, taking a step back, is the idea that, yeah, we don't know about a lot of these guys, and you can go back and find Justin Lawler at SMU or Obanaya Okoronko at Oklahoma. Everybody can find a way to get an opinion about those guys. There is no way – that anybody has ever seen John Franklin Myers play football at Stephen F. Austin. Nobody has seen him play. <laughs> Nobody has ever seen that. And somehow people find a way to come up with an opinion on how he's going to fit into this roster. It's one of my favorite things that we do every year. Oh, my gosh. You, yep. uh, you've been reading Sosa's Twitter stream, haven't you? Because <laughs> he, he takes a deep dive on Jonathan Franklin Myers. And I think it's only because – JF, uh, JFM is a big Twitter guy. He's, he, he retweets you for every yeah, mention. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure Sosa is just pandering there because I, I agree. There's, I mean, you could talk about his athleticism and, uh, and uh, you know, maybe they could take advantage and, and groom this guy. But yeah. round four, he's the Samson Mabukum. Nobody saw that guy play last year. Yeah. I did because I went to a couple of EW games. But outside of me, nobody saw that kid play. And I'll be honest, I was there watching Cooper Cup, and I was like, oh, look at this really athletic you know, defensive end linebacker they got out there. I like this guy. He's crushing people. And then they drafted him in the fourth round, and I was completely blown away. Uh, yeah, JFM is in the same boat. Uh, I have no idea other than he has a strong Twitter game. He's coming out the gate strong. He's making an impression. And other than right. that, I, have, and it, I could tell you what the man's about. I will cop to it. Joey, Joey made me – and that's not true. I was about to say Joey made me feel bad earlier. That's not true. I made myself feel bad where we were talking about UDFAs and the fact that so many people don't have any opinions on these guys. And I was going through our UDFA list, and I was like, oh, yeah, Kent State running back Nick Holly. Like who, who would have watched you know, Kent State play Bowling Green 
on Halloween last year on a Tuesday. Who would have, you know, left their daughter trick-or-treating to go back inside to watch the second half of that game? <laughs> and I realized that was me. That was me. I, let, I was tired of trick-or-treating. I wanted to watch college football, and I went inside to watch Kent State Bowling Green without caring about either team because I'm a horrible person, and I'm addicted to football, and it's pretty pathetic, and this is the time that I get to admit that, and I saw Nick Holly in college. So it's pretty sad. It's one of those sad things that nobody knows anything about this unless you're a degenerate, and I am. Let's keep it moving. Um, uh, can I ask to, you how, how deep your degenerate goes? I mean, can, we're not going to be talking about it. Not tonight. Have you no seen tight end Cody McElroy play from? I have. I did. No, so here's the thing. I did. I saw him play basketball. I saw him play basketball because he's a convert to football. I have seen it. See, this is where you make me feel actually bad. Before I was joking. Now I sincerely feel horrible about myself, and I need to spend more time with my family um, <laughs> on the special teams. <laughs> on the social teams That doesn't mean you can leave Joey It's not time to go put your kid to bed yet You gotta stay out a little bit more uh, Special teams I'm in that's always, I know well, I'm in it to lose it um, Special teams it's always the way to get guys Onto the roster what's interesting is Seeing how they perform in the preseason And obviously through training camp Hard to get a real sense of this I, I, The one thing I wonder about is We just saw Carlos Thompson get waived uh, and we've seen a couple spots open in the last couple of years, guys like Cody Davis. Um, oh, what's his name? The running back that I'm already forgetting. Chase Reynolds uh, opening up some spots on special teams. That's going to be one thing that I look for. I don't really know if I've got a talking point for us to go over there. And there's no reason for us to have any opinions uh, outside of pointing to the idea that this is a spot where guys are going to earn some snaps. Is, is there anybody that I, – I, what's the right way to, to bring this up? The, the idea that, you know, somebody like – Cody McElroy or Ricky June or LaQuit and probably not Ricky June because he's a wide receiver, wide receiver. Right. But the, the idea that some of these guys are going to get some snaps, how, how badly do guys need to get snaps on special teams to make this roster versus offering something at their position? That's something I talk about a lot because hey, the idea that, Oh, Brian Womack might not be a functional outside linebacker. He doesn't need to be. He's just got to be a guy that can contribute on special teams. That's a way for a lot. Cooper cups, you know, those guys are coming in to play their position. Other guys are coming in to play special teams. And I wonder if maybe there's anybody that, whether we talk about athleticism or anything that we've seen on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that, that you guys have seen that makes you interested in seeing somebody that could stick on special teams. Yeah. Someone like, like Curtis Michael or Mickle, uh, sure. confused with Quentin Michael, Mickle, uh, someone like that, you know, come in, you ought to, you should, before you even go talk to position coach, go find yourself bones and get in his hip pocket because that's your way. You to got a better roster. chance of making the team that way. Yeah, no doubt. Damn straight. You got, you go and, and do everything that man asks you to do and you do it uh, 110%. You, you do it more than the guy next to you. And that's the way you're going to make, like you said, that's the way you're going to foster. You're not going to. As a cornerback, you're coming in from uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagles. You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna make the roster. You know, outplaying Marcus Peters and Akib Talib, even Troy Hill, who actually came on late last year. You're gonna make it by special teams. So every one of these guys, even Ricky June, even big body Ricky June, you better get over there with with, uh, with bones and put that extra time in because that's how you're making the squad. Now a question about special teams is that it, it almost feels like special teams is more than other NFL teams, a a good chunk of, of our of our scoring sure. you know, especially last season. It's so it's like we have an elite special teams unit. 
no doubt. Do you think that they're going to have a sort of outlook going into the season that it's not just the guys trying to make the team that are playing significant snaps on special teams, but there's actually guys that are, you know, like playing Corey, Corey Littleton more on special teams than, than, than having it be like, nope, you've been upgraded to always playing linebacker and never have to do special teams. Do you think maybe that the idea that it isn't just throw the scrubs in there so they can get their shot at the big show, that actually the special teams itself is the big show? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, get, I kind of get where you're coming from. And when, if you look at Bones' history, he's taken every scrap they've thrown at him and he's done something with it. Nobody could do anything with Isaiah Pede, but the best that man played wearing a Rams uniform was when he started playing special teams and kind of showed out a couple of games. And he got hurt and blew his and is done. But it seems like that man has been able to turn anything he's been given into, into gold. He gets them to buy into what he wants to do. He, uh, he finds a way to make them successful. So, yeah, I could see that part of being like a show. You know, they, they know they're loaded at spots. And, of course, someone, someone's going to have to show some ability to play their natural position. But I could see two or three of these, these guys sticking just due to their ability to, uh, to play special teams. I could, I could totally see like, maybe two or three of these guys. Yeah, and, and you know, just just as far as looking at guys, I mean, a lot. I'm looking at this these undrafted free agent lists, and you guys, you got guys that um, are from bigger programs. So it's like, you know, especially if someone's from, you bring in the guy from Oklahoma. I have a little bit more faith because I'm like, hey, they can play in this big program. I have a feeling maybe they, they can contribute to something like special teams. So I'm looking at a guy like, at least I'm just keeping my eyes open for a guy like Stephen Parker um, to see what he can do if he can just kind of, you know maybe get some big hits on kickoffs or things like that, that he can kind of make some plays, but it's all going to be, um, it's all going to be wide open. It seems like once, uh, once they get these rookie camps in and, and we start really kind of getting phase three kicking in the gear. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So um, I think we lost Joe. He's uh he's rebooting his computer. So we'll just continue. That means the podcast belongs to us. That means we own this thing and we can go back. Back to Paddington 2 as much as we want. Sorry, Joe, we're just over. We're LA, let's talk okay, movies so, and food. So what movies really makes this movie sparkle, Robbo, is... <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, um, yeah, so... Um, is it, you know, getting back to some of these UDPAs and things, that when we kind of talked yeah. about it for a second. Is there anyone there that you're really super interested in watching? Mine, mine is actually Ricky Jim, because he reminds me a lot of... Uh, Josh Reynolds. If you watch him play, you know he's a big body, he's a red drum threat. But what I really liked, I you know, went back and did, and did some homework after sign and just started watching some YouTube highlights. So you never know how how they play across the game, but just from their highlights, every time I'm watching this kid play, he's going up and attacking the ball at the high point. He's high pointing balls. He's attacking balls in the air with his hands. He's not catching things with his body. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you know, Sean McVay actually in that yesterday press when he was talking. Uh, they were talking about um, um, it's Mitchell from USC. You know, he's he's looking for guys who will aggressively attack the ball in the air with their hands and, and things like that. So that seems like uh, you know a trait that could stick. And uh, I'm kind of interested to see if he could be that guy. Um, you know, Jerry Ray kind of showed some of that in the preseason last year, and a lot of it is preseason hype. We always see these, you know. Fan favorites, but Nelson Spruce, they have great preseasons. They come out in the fourth quarter and they do what they're supposed to do. They make the roster, and that's where all this hype is built. Um, and that's the guy I'm going to be interested to watch just based on his body type, how he catches the football, and their need for that kind of player. Because 
uh, other than other than Jay Ray, who's the big body of that team? They lost Sammy Watkins, and so now you've got you've got one guy who's actually got some size up. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks is, isn't going to be that guy. Uh, so yeah, it's that's kind of the kind of the kind of guy I'm looking forward forward to watching this summer is is, is that kind of battle. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I I think that uh, Stephen Mitchell can be a fan favorite because he has that sort of. Um, I mean, he's just it's it's anytime you have a guy that just is injury plagued, and they just they have those just brutal breaks. You really kind of root for him, and I think um, he obviously has talent. And he's just had some bad breaks, and yeah, look- if if he can if he can just get right. I think that'll just be just a great story. I mean, anytime you got a guy that comes off undrafted, you know, j- jumps jumps on a team, and if and if he if he can make the team and he could actually contribute this season, I think that would be especially because he's like a hometown guy, USC dude. I, I I'm definitely rooting for, for for Mitchell. I think that would be great. And he reminds me of another former Ram uh, from the St. Louis days, Denario Alexander. Remember, you know. All world body, yep. uh, tours twice, just never panned out. Uh, you know, he he landed back with the Rams when they were desperate for wide receiver help in the you know that, uh, twenty what was it like twenty ten twenty eleven something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, he came out had a pretty good second half of the year for them, and actually it was two thousand it was Bradford's rookie year because uh, he had a ball go right through his hands in a game they could have won and went to the playoffs with. So awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, he, he came out and he played well and you know, earned that spot. And I think he earned a second contract with San Diego. And I think he bounced around a couple of teams after that. But again, a guy who, who was injured, 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 got a shot in the pros, uh, you know, his athleticism shown through and he had a short brief career, but he, he was able to you know live that dream out. So, uh, Mitchell can be, can definitely be that guy. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting because I think that the wide receiver, um, we were talking about it last season, how it felt really crowded. And I feel like you even, I mean, Brandon Cooks and Sam Watkins, it's a little bit of a, just a switch. So with these other guys, I mean, I, I'm really eager to see if, if Mike Thomas could step up. Cause I know, I know McVay really likes his speed. And I know a lot of the fans love Josh Reynolds for his speed. And he's just a big, a big body. Uh, so there's already some competition of just those big rangy guys. So it, it it'll be interesting to see how all how how that all kind of pans out and and and, and what the depth is really going to look like going into the preseason because there's still some question marks with 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 the receiving core. Yep, and that kind of uh, leads us into the next topic that Joe had on the run sheet here tonight. Uh, did you happen to see Mike Clay's from ESPN his his season projections for yes. for the Rams? Uh, is there anything that really stood out to you? Because what stood out to me right off the bat was. Uh, his numbers for his projected numbers for the Rams top three wide receivers. He had Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, all with uh, you know over 100 targets and 800 and something yards. Not not one of those guys in this offense, high-powered Rams offense, did he have set as a, a thousand-yard receiver, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and, uh, and his point really is that it's going to it's that this offense isn't engineered to have. Stats. They're not. They're not going to be a fantasy football receiving core. That it's going to be more about, you know, spreading the ball around a, a little more, sort of, Bill, you know, Bill Belichick style. Do you kind of feel like that's what his what 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 where he's going with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think 
uh, you know, Todd Gurley obviously is, is the focal point of this offense, at least based on last year. Uh, and like you said, there's not one there's not one guy that you're having to feed. There's not an Antonio Brown where you know that ball is going to be going to him every time. Uh, another, but what was, I kind of found interesting was he didn't really he didn't really have gaudy numbers for a tight end either. He's still showing some. I think he had Gerald Everett with about 380 something yards and 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 Higby you know 200 something. So you know as as much as we thought Sean McVay was going to you know build this tight end offense uh, year one, we didn't do it rookies, young guys, I could see that, but you would expect some growth there, and he did not project that either. He he kind of has them having just, you know, average tight end type seasons, and that's not what you drafted Gerald Everett in the second round for. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that, that's like a big question, because I think we were totally thinking that it was going to be this sort of tight end focus, and I wonder, I wonder if it's like they and those guys are sitting around kind of thinking like, hey, we don't need to need to force this. Like we have we have a good thing going with Gurley. We have um, a good thing going with Robert Woods, which they maybe weren't thinking was going to be this sort of, you know, pushing to be a number one receiver. And I think, you know, I think by getting Brandon Cooks, Woods is definitely number two. But they got strong receivers that maybe they don't have to because – I, I, I at first would, would be like, oh, I would, these these tight ends really need to step up. But I, I kind of agree with them saying that, you know, just by looking at what they did last year, I kind of am expecting Gerald Everett to make strides, but still to be that player that's streaky, that's going to have some plays where he looks dynamite and then other times he kind of disappears, which is unfortunate because I'm really rooting for the guy. But it kind of seems like the, that, that's where it's going. Yep. And which – you know, the last thing I'll, I'll hit on with this wide receiver kind of projection thing is, so they didn't want to pay Sammy Watkins, what, $16 million a year to, you know, be a 35-catch, seven-touchdown guy, whatever. You know, we're going to let you go. We're going to trade our number our number one pick, number 23 overall. Go bring in Brandon Woods. Or, sorry, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Woods, I just morphed him. Brandon Cooks to be that guy. Yet the projections are showing, you know, less than 100, 900 yards and five touchdowns. Does that warrant a, a huge contract for Brandon Cooks at this point? If you're basically asking him to be Robert Woods, you know, same numbers, 850 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, at that point, do you do you see a reason to give him a huge contract? If that's all you're asking out of that out of that position, you're not looking for the true number one, a guy who's going to put up you know, 11 yards and, and 10 touchdowns. Uh, that's, that well, was think, that was the number that really stood off the page to me. Yeah, I think you got to think of it as we're a team that acquires players. We don't really re-sign them. That's not really what we do. Here. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron Donald. No, I, you might want to. Uh, you might not want to cash any big checks anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I wonder if um, there there was something. I mean, it, it's a it's a great question, and and I don't think we you know we have the answer yet. But um, there was something about Sammy Watkins with just his um, beyond his the questions about injuries that there's a, maybe a locker room issue or, or just his attitude that maybe they um, were willing to kind of, you know, cut bait with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think with, with, in regards to Brandon Cooks, I mean, I, I, I say we pay the man, but um, I hope that he doesn't, that, that he, that he plays like the man. And he's not, we don't just have two Robert Woods running around. I mean, maybe that's great. I don't know. We'll find out, but, 
Well, they're interesting you know questions what? to ask in May, you know? If, if he plays as well as Robert Woods played last year, I might be okay with two Robert Woods running around because Robert Woods was damn good last year. I mean, yeah, he's killing the it. Con- he, he, yeah. Helped, he outperformed his contract more than, I don't know, about just about anybody in the NFL last year. He signed as a free agent for, you know, eight and, eight and change or so. And the man, when he was on the field, he was, he was the best offensive player next to Todd Gurley. Um, and then in and the how, playoff game, how, how great happen? was he in that playoff game? Right, right. I mean, he, yeah, he, you he get a guy, but he's a bargain at eight and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's especially, it's just, it's just very rare to see a guy play or or get a big contract and he plays even better than that big contract. I mean, it's really nice. It's 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 very it's very encouraging as as a fan, but it it usually goes the other way, you know. Um, it usually goes Tavon Austin's way. Let's give you sixteen million dollars and you play like a, you know a buck ninety nine. It, it was he was by <laughs> far my, outside of, outside of Cooper Cup last year when I was crush on Cooper Cup. Outside of that, Robert Woods was my favorite player to watch last year because he every time he touched the ball, there was a big play happening. He was it was chunk yards, it was moving chains, um, it was touchdowns. They used him in different ways, you know, the little inside outs. I mean, it took him yeah. a, a huge play against uh, Houston when he took any something yards. Um, yeah, it was. It was, he was so much fun to watch, and then he went down for a couple uh-huh. of weeks, and you missed him because Sammy did not step up and be the guy you wanted him to be. I think Brendan Cooks in the same situation would step up and assume more of the volume. Uh, Sammy just never really did yeah. that. Um, yeah. So maybe that's what we're banking on is that, you know, and kind of getting back to more maybe of his locker room attitude and maybe team play or whatever. He wasn't – not to say he was a, bad, a cancer or a bad guy last year. He just – from the outside, he just seemed very disinterested and, and checked out. Uh, who knows what that does when you get traded, you know, right before the season starts, what your psyche is, whatever, you know, you worry about your contract, that all could play into it. And it's human nature. And, and I can't, I can't yeah. say that I would act any different, but it is what it is. He's a professional and you, you've talked about more of that. Just watching Brendan Cooks in the off season right now and how he's embraced being traded yeah. twice, two years back to back. You know, he has a very strong case for wanting to pout and say, nobody wants me, whatever. He's, he's spun it the other way and he's, he's been fun to, Fun to read about. Fun to watch him be engaged. He was on behind the grind. Um, it looks a completely different cat compared to what we had last year with with Sammy Watkins. And compared to Sammy Watkins, the chances are good that he believes that the um, that the world that the Earth is round. So that's always that's. I'm sorry, I can't take a person seriously if they think the world is flat. You can send me comments. I really don't care. But come on, people, get it together. Uh, I think um, Joe is a flat earther because uh, he's being denied entry back to the, the the chat. So uh maybe Joe is also a flat earther. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a whole different side podcast which which I'd be which I'd be into. Now, <laughs> right. back to the back to the clay thing. I I want to talk about um where, where they projected uh Jared, Jared Goff cuz we we're talking last week uh on the podcast about just how important it is the development of Jared Goff. And it seems to me that there seems to be a sort of consensus brewing that Jared Goff is not going to take a significant step forward or, you know, improve that much more than what he did this past season. That they feel like, like, like maybe he's going to either, you know, take a little, a little bit of a back step or just put up the same numbers. But it doesn't seem like people are really expecting him to um, put up – 
you know, big numbers. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I want him to kind of put up these huge you know, video game numbers just because I like the kid and he's on QB, but uh, it, it seems like people are a little, um, you know, hesitant to give, to give him these big projections. Yeah, he's what do they have? They haven't uh, seen the, the projections. Clay ESPN has projections for every player on the roster. You know how many games they'll play, stats. Uh, you know the tens completion. So uh, if, if you haven't seen it right now, they've got golf pegged at uh, what four thousand thirty-five yards, uh, twenty-six TDs, ten interceptions, which is pretty much what he did last year. So they're like you said, they're just saying you know copy paste. Is it are they hedging their bets where they're they're unwilling to you know take a because he was so bad his rookie year to you know give him a right. little credit and some growth. And they're just going to say, you know what, we're cool with another year of what this is. And let's make you prove it before we move you on to the next echelon of, of quarterback. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I think they're at. They're like, you know what, I'm not going to say you're going to be terrible, but I'm, I'm going to be a wait and see guy. So let's just give you what you did last year and call it good. And it's safe. And I'm like a moron for, for, you know, lowballing you later. Being called for it, you know, going with Ruby's number. So it's, I think that's kind of what he's he's doing here. He's like, you know what? Let's just go with similar numbers to last year. We'll call it good. We'll go long. Um, he's got, as far as their unit grades, he's got every unit graded as far as where they are in the NFL. And they have QB, so Mannion and, and Goff, and uh, and our boy Perez, who is is trying to make the squad, at 17th in the league. Uh, I'm not sure I buy 17. Maybe maybe you're uh-huh. downplaying Sean Mannion a lot there, but. I don't see Jared Goff, Jared Goff as a 17th best quarterback in, in football right now. So that was that was one of the ones that stood out that that really was like wow they they, they really dinged it because everyone else is they got what, what running back two wide receiver two uh, offensive line seven interior um, defensive line number one in the NFL cornerbacks number one in the NFL um, safety number five in the NFL uh, offensive rank overall yeah. seventh in the NFL so. Yeah. 17 jumps out when you're looking at all these top five and six numbers, and then you drop down to 17 at probably the biggest position on your team, quarterback. Now, do you, what do you think he ranks? If you had to give him a number, just Goff, don't worry about Sean Mannion. Mannion where would you put Goff as just where he ranks? I would throw Goff that top 10 outside, like, you know, eight, nine, I 10-ish. wouldn't throw Maybe Goff 10. as far as I could smell him. <laughs> Ladies and the gentlemen. Professor? 3K back in the pod. He he found a, the ability to reboot his router and get back in. The internet is confusing, but he uh, is back. Uh, we didn't even call him an idiot. Not even once. Well, yeah, well, you know what? Skynet's going to kill We can hear I the AOL grinding, so. Uh, yeah. You're back. Don't even fill me, don't even fill me in on what, what I missed. You guys did it smarter. Where are we at? Golf? Uh, we're going through the end of Mike Clay's uh, stats. We were just talking. We talked mm. wide receiver. We talked, uh, you know, the average numbers they had to put up there. We talked about the potential of Brandon Cooks, you know, coming in just being a guy, and they want to pay him, you know, a crazy contract and and just put up a bad average. Kind of went over that. We started talking about Jared Goff and, and the projections had there. Um, we both kind of thought that Goff coming in, at, you know, at four thousand yards is pretty much a copy paste of last year. Meaning that Clay wants to hedge his bets and just say, you know, he did it once. Let's prove it before I go through and you know give you some real growth out of that. So another four thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, ten interceptions. All right, let's just copy paste. Show me you could do it two years before before I go out there and I'm out on a limb and look stupid and say you're gonna throw for five thousand. 
that's kind of where we're at. So, and then we just started running through the, uh, we started running through unit grades, and that your QB dropped down to you know 17th in the NFL when all the other units were you know top five, top six. Which I think is disrespectful, and I think that they, I mean, uh, the backup situation, I don't know. I think it's kind of unfair to even, even kind of say because you know a lot of these teams. I mean, are you really ranking? the New England Patriots quarterback on, on who their backup is. It's all about sure. Tom Brady or bust. And I feel like that's kind of who we are right now with Jared Goff or bust at QB. And no matter what Eric Dickerson says. And I think, uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's a top 10. I think he's a top 10 quarterback or he will be this season. And uh, let's, let's let it ride. It's going to be awesome. Who, who is the Patriots backup quarterback? You guys know? Uh, is it the kid? Is it the kid from SMU? I'm sure they it's, drafted someone. <laughs> they got Brian Hoyer, who's probably going to be. What are oh, you going to say, Joe? Right. It's Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah, saying, but they I took know some kid from Stephen F. Austin. Close uh, enough that they took Danny Edling, who was at Purdue and transferred to LSU, who I saw way too much of in my lifetime. Wait, nice. You you can actually name an LSU quarterback because I can't think of another quarterback in the SEC that is. Oh my. God. See, here's the problem, Rob. I can name every LSU quarterback back to 1987, which is not something that I should be able to do, both in terms of watching football and liking quarterbacks. Yeah, because that's not going to play. That's not going to come up on bar trivia much. I'm pretty sure that's why the internet cut me out, was they were worried that I was going to talk about LSU quarterbacks and other UDFAs, and they were like, nope, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, we're shutting down your Wi-Fi for the next 20 minutes, and you'll just have to fight with us to get back in. Uh, off-season schedule, Joe? Off-season schedule, Monday, phase three. Uh, let me bring it up so I can read verbatim what it is because I don't want to – uh, paraphrase this because it's one of those things thanks to the NFL that if you paraphrase you can get it completely wrong phase three phase three consists of the next four weeks of the off-season program teams may conduct a total of 10 days of organized team practice activities or OTAs no live contact is permitted but seven on seven nine on seven and 11 on 11 drills are permitted article 22 of the collective bargaining agreement stipulates that clubs may hold one mandatory minicamp for veteran players this minicamp must occur during phase three of the offseason program. So this is the first time that we'll get our offense to be able to practice with the defense. You don't get live contact. You get partial, let's say, padding. But it's the first time you get to actually have a natural practice. You also get what's called the optional mandatory minicamp. You don't have to hold the minicamp. Uh, under Jeff Fisher's tenure, 31 teams in the NFL held the minicamp. There was only one that didn't. You guys have any guesses who didn't hold the minicamp? My guess was that they were so good he didn't need it. He and Coach They were so good. We were so good we didn't need the minicamp. Who needs the optional minicamp? He and Coach Mack were looking forward to fish (laughs) in Montana. So great. Um, If you opt to hold the minicamp, it is mandatory attendance. Uh, Under McVeigh, we held it last year. We're holding it this year. So on Monday – We'll begin with OTAs, Organized Team Activities. That's the 21st, 22nd, 24th, 29th, 30th, 31st of May, and then 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th of June, followed by the optional mandatory minicamp. That's June 12th to 14th, and then we take a nice little break. As Tevin called it in our Slack chat, it's nap time. We get a month of nap time, maybe a week thereafter, 
and then we head into training camp. That's what we're looking at. It's going to be light on news as the hard news guy around here. There's not going to be much for me to post. But in terms of jokes and stuff, we always got There will be plenty for you to post on one subject. My draft. Aaron Donald's not going to show up for no, for no OTAs and mandatory minicamps if he's not signed. He didn't, he didn't show up last summer. He's not going to show up this summer. I mean, he showed up, I guess, for, for OTAs, right, and just did some, did some weightlifting. I don't think he did anything on the field. Uh, uh, the good news, he's returning McVay's text this year, so maybe he will show. But I'm going to say right now, the number one story for OTAs is Aaron Donald is not here because the Rams have decided – we're not going to pay the best player at his position. We're just going to string this thing along because that's what we do. We pay Alec Ogletree and Tavon Austin, but we don't pay the best player at his position in the NFL. So here's what I think we need to do. I need to work on my groan. Joey, I'll let you go first. <laughs> here's, here's your chance. You get a chance to express the idea that the Rams might not sign, re-sign Aaron Donald via groan. Go ahead. Wait, I, I, I'm saying why they won't do it, or just generally talk about it. Just, however, you, however you feel about it, but you only get one groan to express the entire idea. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't understand. So you want me just to make just to make my own little groan? Sorry, I'm so your, I'm your own groan. That it's going to be a second groan. You have to wrap all of it up. The idea that we might not resign him, the idea that even resigning him may take a specific portion of our cap, the idea that he's a guy that's deserved it when we pay Tavon Austin, you have to wrap all of that into a groan. Uh, again, uh, Rob. Come on. I, I got this one. This is not a fa- family-friendly show, right? I know we talk about Patty Tim, but I might have to take this one up to that. So uh, keep buzzer out. But Pretty good. I, I'm going to go a little more hopeful with the idea that we're going to see this drag out, and then at the end we're going to resign them. So it's uh, uh yeah, yeah, grown into happiness. I, I like your grown more than mine because it's optimal. It's an optimistic growth. Yeah, mine is definitely I, I the pessimistic. Priority A. It'd be great if we could sign. It'd be great if we could sign Donald. Kind of. You know, in in the next couple of weeks. So then, when it gets really slow, you know, Kurt uh, Times is just going to be publishing pictures about McVeigh's girlfriend. We'll be I'd be happy day. to. I'd be happy to. So here's the one thing about Aaron Donald's contract: he has to show up to training camp. Last year, he could miss training camp uh, because he was still in the contract. Now it's a fifth year option. He's got to show up to training camp to be able to exercise what's oh, called the crude season. Yeah. Yeah, I was not sure that was training up. camp. I thought it might just be games. So if uh, if he has to show up for training camp, that's going to be, be a camp. Covering. That's going to be fun. fun. Gary Clark is going to be all over this. Eight hours late on some of these things. It's going to be so much fun to watch. My gosh, Twitter is going to be a great place to be. <sighs> it is what it is, man. We don't get there. We'll get we'll get Aaron Donaldson. I'm still. I'm not even optimistic. You know what I am? I'm I'm like a I'm like a parent whose kid has screwed up time and time and time again, but you keep giving them allowance. You get, Mom, uh, can I go to the mall with my friends? I need 20 bucks. And every time your kid does it, he goes out and buys some weed and doesn't come home until the next day, and you're like, fine, Jeremy. But look, this time I'm serious. You get back here at 10 o'clock. I do not want to see you with any girls, 
and you send me a picture of where you're at. I have become that mom, and the Rams are my teenage kid, and I demand, I demand, damn it, that they're here by curfew. They're going to sign Aaron Donald. It's going to happen. As a man who raised three teenagers and know how this whole <laughs> – I would expect you to be here when this happens, and you know then they're not there, and you text them, and they don't they don't text you back. I know I know how this works. So, you know the Rams are saying you know you need to be here. We got this, and <laughs> then you get the whole my cell phone doesn't work when I'm talking to my parents. It works when I'm talking to anybody else, but I didn't get that text and that through kind of thing. And, and they Look, kind of Jeremy, up, what did I tell you? Anyway. Jeremy, charge your phone before you leave. If you're not going to charge it, I'm not going to pay for it. Okay. The whole reason I lent you my car is so that you guys could get back at a reasonable time. If we're not going to be able to keep agreeing to this, you're not going to be able to have it. Joey, tell me why I shouldn't give my car and more money to Jeremy. You know what? Just the threat of being read the riot act, you got to think <laughs> that Jeremy's going to have to come through by the end of this offseason. Otherwise, they're going to be grounded. They're going to get That's all it. their internet time taken away. That's it. And Rams fans are not going to be standing for any of this not having Donald on a contract bullshit next season. So That's it. get your ass together. Pay the you man. Look, you look here, Jeremy. I've seen pictures of you without your shirt flexing on TV. I've seen <laughs> you on the social media. That's how it I saw you working out with Connor Barwin and Tenzin. I Mark. saw you working out with Connor Barwin. What is that? that You're was, supposed to be doing your homework, was. Jeremy. What, yeah, what was that, by the way? Aaron Donald working out with Connor Barwin. Connor Barwin is unsigned and available to you know go anywhere in the NFL. He's still sitting there. He and uh, Junior Gallette, Sosa's other favorite guy, just hanging out, doing nothing. Let's go work out with, with Aaron Look, Donald. Connor's Look, Connor's a good boy. You tell him if he needs dinner – Come over with you. You boys can come over, and I'll make you dinner. But I don't want to see any more shenanigans out of you, damn it. <laughs> Jeremy Donald. <laughs> I, would, I wonder if the deal is that Aaron Donald will sign a contract as long as it comes with Connor Barwin at a one-year contract. <sighs> <laughs> I, like this, I, I like this idea of who – Aaron Donald could hold hostage over the Rams. <laughs> Which yeah. player? Yeah, all fine. But here's what here's the deal. Jolon Dunbar, yep. you gotta take it. You gotta bring him back. Otherwise, I'm not coming. Uh, yeah, Connor Barwin. Connor Barwin might be their best pass rusher if they were to resign him right now. Honestly, I, 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 yeah, I was gonna say right? if we're taking this seriously, if Aaron Donald's like me and Connor Barwin, I'm making Connor Barwin my starting outside my neck. I don't care. Right? Yeah, that's fine. Yep. 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 I, so, I still kind right. of – I'm expecting Connor Barwin to show up, you know, him just being like, oh, Maybe. I know I don't have a contract, but uh, I don't have anything else to do. Can I play for you guys? <laughs> Justin Lawler, what are you doing in my locker? So, uh, training camp, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I got the schedule. Am I not on the list? Is Connor Barwin's like the guy – no, I'm on the list. Check check the list again. I'm he's, there. He's uh, Wesley Snipes in, uh, in Major League, right? Pulling up in his <laughs> – converted – Exactly. Rolls Royce. Uh, don't leave home without it. Don't Weird. Home they it. they misspelled my name as Morgan Fox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that we have you know, we have Morgan Fox, but we don't have. We gotta get Marwin. Let's just. I, he can't be that expensive. I think. Uh, I think he's gonna be around this season. 
Do you think he's at one of those late midsummer signings? All right, we, we've seen these. We've seen I these mean, rookies play. Gotta just retire. We've got I all mean, these young guys. Let's bring right? someone in who can actually play the position. Maybe not well, but they could play it. Let's just bring a, a vet in. I think I saw that in the Slack chat. Someone has that, right? We're going to sign a sign a vet in the midsummer. Maybe, maybe it was Tevin. Uh, I think yeah. it was one of them. Uh, I, I don't remember like a, which one. Like a community program. Find a vet. Hey, uh, but like a like an assistant defensive coordinator, because that's really what he offers is the knowledge of Wade's system and the ability to groom some guys, whether it's a Bukum or all these rookies that we talked about. That's really what his his, his best value isn't what he does on the field; it's what he best does off it. Yeah. Special assistant. Right. Nice. Well, that we didn't take we taking calls. We, yeah, we did. We're wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, I, I, let's wrap it up because I missed and I'm on the outside looking in and you guys did all the smart stuff and I came in and made jokes about Jeremy. So, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's close it out. Um, going to be a couple weeks probably before we need to have a podcast because I don't know what we're going to have to talk about. Um, well, let's do it. Let's get well, together in a couple weeks. Let's do this again. Uniforms probably in a couple weeks because someone's going to write an article that says no <laughs> new news and all of Rams Twitter is going to get upset and then we have to say stop talking about uniforms. And then we start talking about uniforms because there's nothing else to talk about. So we'll have that podcast to look forward to. So next week. All right, gentlemen. Have a good, <laughs> have a good week. Go Rams. Go, uh, go UDPAs. Go, uh, go Aaron Donald showing up at the camp. Yeah. See you guys. This is it. Go Rams. Thanks. This is Big Bad Jackie and I'm starting this off. The Rams get down so nobody's strong. And don't you worry because the Rams are rapping when game time comes with it back to that. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty, but we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the L.A. Rams. Hollywood handsome, Dodge City tough. If you throw it my way, it's going to get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see. Nobody likes ramming any more than me. They call me Dina. Nobody dresses Twitter. But under this cool is a quarterback mistreater. I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put them on the back. This limousine with it. My moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special team. I know how to rock from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead. I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Herc and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram it just right. You can ram it all day and ram it all night. talk to you what is this what is this is this a bag of oregano what is this jeremy no no you said that last time and i sent it in that's not what it is do do i need to get your father
Hello, you are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.